Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Juliette Televi. And joining me to take your stock-related questions this evening are David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Dwayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. David, Wayne, good evening to you both. Wayne, if I may start with you, it was a pretty good day on the market today and there were some yes. really tremendous gains among um, a, a sort of a fairly wide swathe of shares uh, and, and <coughs> also quite hard to read exactly why certain shares uh, rallied to the extent that they did. For example, Harmony up 8%, ABSA up about 6%. What was behind some of the gains? Well, look, the Harmony in that, I, I just don't know. But certainly it's been two days of South Africa shares that have been you know, up with the winners there. You had quite a few there today, ABSA, uh, Spa, Bites, um, well. Standard Bank, were up strongly and yesterday it was all the clothing retailers up very strongly so maybe you know maybe the worst is over for south africa shares or we're nearing the bottom on these south africa shares of course we're all waiting for the eight o'clock story today the interest rate decision and that will be critically important and um, we know we know what the what the we know what the commentary will be we got that one it is going to be extremely hawkish but he has to be but yeah it, it was a good day today David, do you think there is potential for the market to have some sort of lurch either way, uh, negative or positive, to, given what happens this evening? Today? Yeah. Not today. No, no, I think it'll come. It'll come in the next few months. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to hear anything new. I think what Wayne said is exactly what's going to happen. He's not going to concede defeat yet, or not defeat, victory, sorry, <laughs> call it victory. He's not going to concede, look, we're victorious, it's now time to slow down. But but Julieta, there's certainly slowing down in the US economy. You know, you can feel it in all segments. And somewhere along the line, they've got to start pulling back. You know, they, 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 they don't have to keep raising rates. They should let the economy just run a little and see the impact of uh, the accumulated rates that they have uh, introduced. And that's why I'm saying it's 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 time. Sometimes you can just take, you know, you don't have to have medicine every day. You can sometimes just wean yourself off for a bit and then see what happens. So I, I think that's what's going to happen. I think we've probably come to the end of the rates, even though he's going to make a very hawkish stand. But then what does that mean for the market? It almost suggests that it might just bobble along for a bit. Yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. Just just bobble along no way, you know, mm. and uh, I don't think you can see it. You can sense it today. So I don't think you're going to get massive gains. You're not going to get massive losses from time to from day to day. You will get some volatility. But I mean, you can draw a line sideways to where the market will probably go. Yeah. I'm talking global markets, yeah, and we'll follow, you know, we'll just... I, I mean, just very quickly on the South African MPC, I can't see any reason why they would hike rates tomorrow, <laughs> unless they really have a, a death wish on the South African I economy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't see that. I think the same thing's happening here. You know, when you read the headlines, um, and I think poor old Enoch, you know, he might have been, when you're a politician, you can say what you like, you know, you can go out and protest and do anything. But when you're in charge of the cash book, you know, it puts you in a different kind of <laughs> role. And I think he's quite concerned about, and you know, the bank's knocking on his door and say, Enoch, you know, you can't spend anymore. 
So uh, I think it, he, you know he's he's probably one of the only realistic politicians that there is. Yeah. Okay, well, getting to questions, um, and of course on Monday, and we discussed this on Monday evening, and uh, Bob van Dijk's uh, surprise resignation, or departure, shall we say, because I think maybe the consensus is that he was booted. Uh, two questions from different viewers. The one asks, as things stand now, what are the fundamental differences between NASPAS and PROCESS, and which one would be the preferred buy after the whole uh, consolidation of the two entities. And then the second question is, if one takes all the so-called obstacles in the way to unbundle the excess 10 cent shareholding by NASPAS process to shareholders, in other words, uh, capital gains tax, regulatory issues, Quizpeckers, ego, etc., then it's a no-brainer that it's the most efficient way to unlock the discounts. So why are they so stubborn to do the obvious? Wayne, what do you think? Yeah. Okay. Just on, I mean, just broadly speaking, on the discount, there's only, you can buy back shares, you can reorganize the company, you can do many, many things, you can change management. There's no ways you unlock that discount until the underlying businesses other than 10 cent are profitable, successful businesses making money and you either list them or you sell them for an appropriate value. Then, this, this discount will unlock by itself. There is no other way to unlock a discount. And the reason why they won't sell 10 cent shares or unbundle 10 cent shares, they need the cash to fund the other businesses that are either slightly turning profitable or have still got a long way to go before they turn profitable. So, so that's the dilemma of, of, of NASPERS. Mm. Okay. I mean, we actually, I think one of the viewers on Monday night said, well, why don't you keep, say, a 10% stake in 10 cent? You know, it has been sold down from the 30 odd percent it was to the 20s, the upper 20s. Uh, you know, why not do that? I think they should just sell all the they other the cash and keep 10 cents. Yeah. You know, you could run this company in, the, in your backyard because <laughs> all you had was, you know, you, you didn't need anything. You could have just kept the 10 cent holding. And closed off everything, and everything would have been great. You don't need to do anything. You know, they wanted to. The whole the whole idea behind process was to go into Amsterdam or into Holland and raise, be offshore and raise money and start to buy uh, other businesses that could uh, perhaps challenge Tencent. They haven't come close to it. Mm. You know, it, it takes years. You know, it takes a long time to get that, and eventually. You see, it starts to drag, and as Wayne says, the only reason they sell off Tencent is to pay, you know, to support the others because there's no other cash flow. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, for example, Uber, it's made, it's only hmm. now made an operating profit. Yes. <laughs> that's a, How many that's years? a hell of a long time to wait. Oh, I don't yeah. know. And um, uh, and unfortunately, when you look at NASPERS, it's edutech, it's payment systems, it's uh, uh, e-commerce, and it's food. Now, I think edutech payment systems and e-commerce are at break even or two years from break even but food which is the truly big one food delivery is a long way from break even and i think they were quite lucky to have lost the bid for just eat because they would have massively overpaid for it yeah well the one person who was massively overpaid um as it turns out was old bob van Dijk, and i did say this on monday so i'm repeating myself but actually it's quite instructive to see that he was the best paid person in the netherlands i mean mm. we said in our diary meeting this morning waffles and um, heineken's all round uh, on bob uh, but just on the question of the fundamental differences between naspas and process now and which one would be the preferred buy david yeah. or wayne <clears throat> 
Right. Well, yeah. there is no fundamental difference other than the ah. discount. NASPAS has got a bigger discount in process to the underlying assets. Mm. I think NASPAS has got one or two operations, you know, tiny. the internet business here and tiny, tiny things. Heyskunut, if they still got it, I don't know what else they've got, you know, those kind of businesses which, which do, yeah, News 24, which, which doesn't do, uh, you know, doesn't contribute in any meaningful way. So I think whichever one you hold, if you look at them, they all work, they all move together. There's a very, very close correlation between NASPES process and, uh, and Tencent. You know, converted to a single currency. Yeah. You'll see there's a very, very close correlation in the way that they were, uh, that they move. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you wouldn't have a particular favorite as to which one to buy. No, and I don't like Tencent. I'm 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 a bit cautious about Tencent. You know, I think that the the Chinese internet companies are still facing a lot more pressure than we imagine. You know, and I think they're battling, particularly in the Chinese economy. So we need massive stimulation there, and also, uh, you know, government just to lay off a bit to let these companies go their own way. So I'm I'm I would far rather go new, you know, US yeah. and other internet other businesses than than Tencent, Alibaba. Wayne, do you share David's circumspection or are you a little bit more gung-ho? Look, um, I actually think there is value in this NASPAS discount. I think, uh, I, I don't know about food delivery. I mean, that might take a long time. But I think the other businesses, there is truly underlying value in there in relation to what the, sh- the, the negative value that the shares are putting on the other businesses. So I think there is a lot of value to unlock there at some stage where the new management well, I mean, they've already started cutting off the cash flow to these businesses. They're not buying these, making these mega deals anymore. Um, and they've and they've made that quite clear over the last year or two. Mm. So I, I would still buy it um, and I would buy nice pass rather than process. Okay. Keeping with tech, uh, there's a question on ASML. Um, and the viewer who uh, I understand from quite a few of his questions over the last few months has quite an interesting portfolio of US shares. And he says, I've taken a dip of 12%. Uh, but is it still a hold for the long term? Uh, 12% is not mm-hmm. catastrophic, I would imagine. Um, yeah, it's well, not and right. I suppose depending no. on where you bought it, maybe. Um, would you hold this one? I don't, I don't think it's a hold. I still think it's a buy. Mm, okay. You know, I think it's it's one of the best companies around. And uh, the more you look forward as to uh, you know, into tech, the more you realize the you know uh, where this company is going to be. And its contribution to to kind of growth in in what we're going to see, you know, I think the, there's not a day that goes by where you're not reading about AI uh, and uh, and 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 what it means. And I think that you know ASML is is not at the center; it's at the foundation of it, of uh, of the businesses that need to make the trips that need to you know service the businesses. So I, I still think it's a superb company with with you know, um, a lot of growth ahead of it. Mm. And there's no competition. There's, there's just no competition in these machines. If it is, it's not that big. So don't, don't be put off by the sell-off that we've seen. And it's actually, I mean, you know, it's a retracement from its highs. So mm-hmm. you're still up over, oh, yeah. you're still up really strongly over a one-year period. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Wayne, any thoughts? Well, in three further? or four years, we're going into triple digits. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been a huge success. No, look, David knows it better than what I do, so, so I've got good. I, okay. I, I, I bow down, down to the master. Uh, David, um, sorry to stick with you, but there was a viewer asking about ASML and another viewer asking about capital appreciation. 
Uh, he says it had a miserable day on the market following yesterday's update. What does tech-savvy David see in this and their prospects moving I, forward? Is it a buy, a sell, or a hold? I, I, I know the operators of this business, so I've got to be careful what I say. But, I, you know, generally, um, it's, there is a little bit of disappointment. You know, they had point of sale machines and that, but they were doing well. They were also buying into various tech companies. Um, I thought they were very well placed in the cloud and so on. But I think yesterday's update was a little bit of a, a, a shocker and they've fallen quite dramatically. Um, I, you know, they're a very entrepreneurial crowd. They're not a big business, in that, but I, you know, I don't know. I've got to, I've got to review uh, where I am, particularly after the update. You know, you've got to take a step back and say, hold on a sec, mm. uh, you know, what's really happening? It might be the economy. I don't know. But um, yeah, maybe underneath, <clears throat> they're good operators, yeah. Maybe it's but worth... we said that about DCP as well. <laughs> this is true. Uh, we've got it wrong many times on the show, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Um, and I suppose it's quite an illiquid share, but maybe the, the, mm. the thing to do if you're uncertain is to wait for the results and then you have a fuller picture yeah. of what's going on. Um, I, I think so. Wayne, uh, to bring you in here, there's a question on property stocks. Um, and the viewer says, please ask Wayne and David uh, regarding themes for property stocks. Um, I've ho I hold Growth Point in Vakila and have held Growth Point for a long time. Wayne always talks about cycles and when things are bad, all you see is bad news. Is it time to cut my losses or hold on in blind hope that it will turn mm -hmm. around? Will the cycle turn? Wayne? I don't think it's blind hope that the cycle will turn. It will, it will turn. You just don't know when. So in other words, if we take a, let's take a positive view. And of course, you can be negative. This always happens at the bottom of the cycle. People think it can never, ever turn again. And it happens at the top as well, by the way. And, you know, this time around, it's different, which are the most dangerous words you will ever hear in investments. <laughs> um, so the cycle will turn. And what, and what it will be is... Uh, appreciating rand interest rates falling uh, the long bond yield falling and that's got direct implications for the cap yield in other words the valuation yield that properties used to that property companies used to value their properties rentals will stabilize you won't get these big negative reversions when rentals come up so in other words there are better times ahead for property shares and you're buying them at a huge discount. So I wouldn't throw in the towel now. Mm. But I mean, just on investment psychology, everyone wants to throw in the towel at the bottom. They just can't stand the pain. And the biggest danger that the biggest danger to investors is selling at the bottom and buying at the top. Yeah. When you're making, I suppose you can even call it irrational decisions that you buy Bitcoin at 60,000, you know, because it's just going up, it's never going to stop. All you hear is good news. Yeah. And then you sell companies like the platinum shares or the property shares at the bottom because all you ever hear is bad news. These things are cyclical there. They do turn. Yeah. I mean, I know this particular... When, I, when I see that quote that, uh, you know, people go in, people go out, but the buildings stay. You know, the buildings remain. So they're not going anywhere. And I think that basically saying what Wayne's saying in a different type of way, that... You know, these are not, these are businesses that uh, there actually is bricks and mortar in that. And somewhere along the line, uh, the cycle changes. So you have to be, I think, you, you know, you have to understand where you are in the cycle, but uh, it, it, you know, it will come back. And I think, I think we're heading, we're coming to the end of all these interest rate rises and everything. And from next year, you will start to see things better. And when the rates come down, no one rings a bell. Come, things start to change so fast.
Yeah. <coughs> and I mean, you know, uh, <coughs> my colleague Joan Muller at the Financial Mail wrote quite an, a nice piece this week about GrowthPoint because in GrowthPoint's case, there was particular, it seemed shock actually at the forecast mm. that they gave uh, for the next financial year. You know, they warned that earnings could be 10 to 15% lower. There was hardly any growth in, in the income. Uh, and Norbert Sasser made the point, well, uh, we've got this huge burden of high interest rates and that still actually has to take time mm. to filter through. And, you know, mm. it goes back to what you were saying, David, at the start of the show about the U.S. economy. It's still got to absorb all the interest rate mm. increases. Mm. And then mm. if there are cuts from next year, then that, you know, so just hang yeah. on in there. Um, and I think yeah. growth rates trading at a 50% discount to its nav. Yeah. I, I mean, just, just on that, you must remember that the overwhelming majority of all listed companies' debt is actually hedged. So they're not immediately directly affected by higher interest rates. I mean, as their hedges roll over, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not the reason. The reason is, is that every time you sign a new lease, the lease rental per square meter drops by 10 or 15%. Oh and you only get a 7% escalation on that new amount or a 6% escalation. So you're basically back where you are three years later. Mm. And municipal rates and taxes and electricity and diesel are just chewing the profits. So it's not actually the high interest rates that are chewing the profits. Yeah. It's these other factors. Yeah. Well, if we could get our cities in order, in particular Johannesburg, maybe we have a fighting chance. Um, Sorry, just going back to the issue of process, and I know if, uh, for viewers, we have discussed this already, but a viewer has a particular question. He says, does the share buyback not result in a higher concentration of Tencent in each remaining process share? And surely this will be the result of selling at par and buying back process at a discount. I'm not sure if I Look, actually understand that question. No, I'm not sure if I do either, I, but buying yeah. back shares doesn't increase the percentage of NASP of, of, of 10 cent in the portfolio, it just makes, there's just less shares around, but they still own the same underlying assets. There's a bit less cash. So the, so the non-cash part goes up, but everything goes up the same. Now, I know what they're trying to get at is that, you know, if you do reduce the number of shares in process NASP, obviously the contribution of 10 cent increases. Not the number of shares. The, you know, the contribution or its underlying value. The contribution per share yeah. doesn't change that. It's no, no, I'm talking the underlying value, the capital value. Yeah. You know, if you had 100 shares and you had 110 cents and now you've only got 80 shares, of course, it's 100 over 80 versus 100 over 100. So but I think the that's percentage the percentage of the unit right. still stays the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we haven't confused, confused you. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so luckily, there's a, a fairly straightforward question, uh, and the viewer says, "Please ask the panel if PE ratios are still relevant when choosing shares or when making your stock picks." Yeah. No, ask everything's, yeah everything's relevant, and it's not relevant. Mm. So in other words, every single thing you look at: cash flow, return on capital, invested return on equity. Uh, asset turnover, short ratio, long ratio, PE ratio, dividend yield ratio, cash flow ratio, cash conversion ratio, you can name them all, EBITDA, turnover, price to book, book discount to net, to net asset value, all of these things are relevant, but they're also not relevant because there's no one that's the, the be all and end all. And you've got to use your intuition because whatever you look at is historic. It's what's the PE ratio going to be in the future? What's the return on assets going to be in the future? And all of these things are relative. And most importantly of all, 
they are relative to the current share price. Mm. So a 10 PE ratio for a share might be massively expensive or a 10 PE ratio for another share might be massively cheap because it's where is that share price relative to your expectations. Okay. Thank you, Wayne. That's a bit of <laughs> investment 101 there. Um, David, do you have anything to add there? No. I, I, I don't look at PE ratios. I think I look at that. I look at all those things that that Wayne says, and you've got to make up your mind about the business because I, I'll give you one example, and I use it every time we talk here, Richmond, because as long as I've known Richmond has always been expensive, and you know, on the in terms of PE ratios and various other um, you know analysis and or metrics and. Uh, is you would never have bought it because it was always out of range relative to other companies and that. Yeah. So um, I think in my stock picker, I mentioned something about a PE, but um, I, you know, I, I just think you've got to understand the company. You've got to build up your own understanding of the business and then you decide, do I want to own it or not? Yeah. And, and ultimately everything is, I suppose, a calculated gamble. It's not a pure gamble, but, but there is an element of, yeah. of luck. he said, hope is not a strategy, but it very often is, sadly. Um, yeah. And one last question, maybe before we get to stock picks. Uh, a viewer says, it seems like every analyst dislikes Capitech. Should I sell or hold? I'm down 3%, which is far from catastrophic, unless you're a trader. Uh, so, but why does every sure. analyst dislike Capitech? Just because it got a bit expensive. No, I think their growth just, you know, they started to slow down the growth. I think there was so much growth built in. And as soon as you started to see any kind of uh, slowdown in that trend, uh, people got a bit nervous in that. And I think also think that they've grown to a size now where uh, they weren't the small little, you know, minor anymore. And they now have to challenge the big ones. And that takes uh, a lot more effort. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the business, you know, the fundamental underlying business. Wayne, your thoughts on Capitec? I think no, they're David's up right. There's nothing wrong with the business. There was just something wrong with the share price. Hmm. I wouldn't buy at this level. I'm not sure I would sell, but I wouldn't. I still wouldn't buy at this level. It I, still looks a bit expensive to me. Uh, if you're talking about a ratio, I think uh, you had a price-to-book ratio on Capitec, which was way higher than other yes. banks. So if you yes. wanted to single out any one and ratio. Maybe, and maybe at the time it was justified. But right now, as David said, you know, they're not a little niche player anymore. Eh? When yeah. you're a niche player, you can, go, you, you can grow your earnings 25% a year. Yeah. Okay. You know, mm. Julieta, when I look at all the banks, when I look at the charts, I know we've had some massive moves in things. It's so difficult to find a trend. You know, if you go back, I'm talking five, six years, there's been so much volatility. You're not getting the bottom left to top right, you know, that kind of trend, or either from the top left to the bottom right. It's all over the place. So it's there's, it's hard to call, you know, and uh, there's a lot of movement on a day-to-day -day basis. It's very, very difficult to draw a line through it and work out where the next move is. 
Yeah, I suppose, you know, yeah. at least people have got dividends out of it. Okay, stock picks this evening. Wayne, what are you gunning for? Uh, going for Amazon. I mean, I know we're talking PE ratios. Amazon's a 109 PE ratio. But the, the next PE ratio will be 64 because the earnings are growing so strongly. Um, but the reason why I'm buying it is that apparently they're hiring another quarter of a million people in their logistics delivery system to meet demand in America. I mean, that's massive. Eh? Mm. <laughs> so they're obviously doing well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. David? Wayne's, Wayne's right. The bigger going to get bigger. And Amazon's big and it's going to get even bigger with the whole of AI and with their business. I'm going for NVIDIA, which has come down pretty similar to ASML. And using, which I don't normally quote, PE ratios, but I was looking 16 months ahead. The NVIDIA's PE on the forecast is down at 23 or 24, you know, 14 months ahead. So it's not at those ridiculous levels. I still think this is a, a superb business and, a, you know, one of the top picks, uh, you know, one of, one of my top picks that still remains even at these levels. Yeah. Okay. Gents, we shall leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Lovely, as always, to chat to you both. Uh, David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities. Wayne McCurry is from F&B Wealth and Investments. Up next, the close. Do you stay with us.